I'm Jade English, and this is Finding Feel Good. Everything in the universe is vibrating, right? Because everything's energy. Everything's made of energy. And so when we look at something that we think is totally inert, like a Tupperware box or something completely solid and immovable, we think, like a massive rock, if you looked under a strong enough microscope, there are atoms vibrating from the energy between them. There's more space than there is matter. He said, I listened to you play gong. He said, and then somebody come lie beside me. My 28-year-old son who had been killed in a car accident three months beforehand. Then my son put his arms around me. He said, Papa, Papa, do not be angry. It's okay. It's been a couple of days since I arrived in Ubud and I have to admit I'm absolutely loving it. It's really nice having a bit of a change and being in the forest, which is totally different to Changu. The, the energy just feels a little bit more relaxed and stuff, but it is really, really quiet, but I have to admit I'm really enjoying it. We've got a lovely villa, which is overlooking some rice paddy fields and there's like a, an infinity pool next to it. There's some amazing waterfalls around here, so hopefully I'm going to be exploring a little bit and finding some of them. And I might even head to Monkey Forest, although I have been told that they can be a little bit evil sometimes. So I'll be watching all of my possessions there. And today we're talking about sound healing. I'm really excited for this one and I'm heading off to the Pyramids of Chi in a little bit to try it out for myself. I spoke with Jasmine Hemsley before we flew out here to find out more about what sound healing actually is and what I should expect from the experience. Jasmine Hemsley is a little bit of a legend and someone I really admire. Quite frankly, she's a sound bathing guru, a three times best-selling author, founder of Hemsley and Hemsley and East by West. She's also a TV presenter, chef and wellness expert. Pre-COVID, she took soothing sound baths around London as an antidote to the hectic pace of inner city life. And more recently, she's hosted weekday sound baths on Instagram Live and become a mainstay in many people's lockdown lives. She's also created downloadable sound baths for people to enjoy in their very own home. Hi, Jasmine. Thanks so much for being here today. How did you actually get into sound bathing and sound baths? What was your first experience? I think over the years, I've tried so many different things. Colour therapy, light therapies. Ten years ago, Nick and I were in Byron Bay, where there's every type of therapy under the sun, just in cool cafes. And, you know, you didn't have to seek it out. You could just try it. I mean, I think in one day I did colour therapy, light therapy, aromatherapy therapy and I learned how to body surf actually I'll say learn I had a go at body surfing where basically you don't have a surfboard you just kind of dive into the waves and ride the waves like a dolphin I'm wondering if I've kind of came across it there and then a couple of years later Nick and I found this bioresonance guy who'd really helped a friend of ours who had an autoimmune disease and he used tuning forks so he would kind of use them diagnostically. I don't know if you've seen them like you can get different shapes, but generally like a fork shape and you just kind of gently hit them together and it creates these tones and he can use them to pick up resonance or dissonance. So dissonance being your body's not vibing somewhere, something's not in balance. And so Nick and I did his course. In the meantime, we were using these tools, these tuning forks on ourselves and we both started going to sound baths. So sound baths were like gong baths or 
singing bowl bards or people were using their voice or instruments. It would be like a, you know, an operatics of all kinds of things going on, or it could just be really simple, like a Tibetan bowl and just a dung that you'd start to hear in meditation, like yoga sessions. And then probably I also became aware of it in the way that sound was being used in maybe recorded meditations. So things that you could access on the internet. But yeah, I think it was just probably a progression of how people use music to move you. And then it became kind of more traditional kind of materials like the Tibetan bowls or like gongs. And then I think, well, I met someone who's now one of my best friends and lives just up the road from me. I met her on the second part of this tuning fork therapy course. And we both kind of had the same dream of doing something a bit more feminine and immersive and just downright delicious. We both have our own businesses and we're both having to be quite masculine in our day to day. You know, everything from admin to dealing with accounts, you know, traveling to clients, holding events, quite doing stuff rather than what it was that we were so passionate about spreading, which was being, you know, more about being. And so basically we wanted to create this beautiful space where we would literally bathe people in the sounds of crystal alchemy bowls, which we discovered, which are quite a new invention, you know, because old fashioned singing bowls are metallic mixes and these are crystal mixes. Yeah. All your bowls always look amazing. I guess I've tried sound healing once before. It was actually in Australia as well for the very first time. I remember walking past this room and it said, Tibetan singing bowls class or something. And I was totally unaware of anything like this at the time. I think I was feeling really stressed out. I was like, well, I'll try it. I've got some time to kill or something. Went along and it was the first time I'd ever experienced anything like that before. But I'm still not totally sure what is it. So how does it work? And what is it that makes it so relaxing? And you just feel like you're not even a being. That was the idea that I get. I guess it's because it's such an immersive experience where you're not required to do anything. So you go to a club, you go to a bar, it's a social event, or you're going to dance, or you're going to react in some way physically. Whereas with a sound bath, you generally lie down, totally surrender, and let yourself go with the flow. So a lot of us don't ever get to practice this being, you know, this stop and be still. You know, even when we do stop and be still, the brain doesn't stop and be still. The mind is still chattering and chattering away. We live in an age now where we try to fill every spare moment with some kind of consuming of, of information, be it from our phones or listening to the radio or, you know, we're constantly kind of drawn to be doing more because that's just the way that we have been conditioned in life, you know, is to be making something of yourself. So I think with a sound bath, you're basically bathing in these sounds which are designed to calm you because you no, know, not all sound does calm you. We know the screeching of a horn or the brakes can go right through us. You know, certain sounds really don't work with us in the same way that we don't gel with certain people or certain situations or certain environments. Although that's an ever changing beast as well, because, you know, we're both bringing, you know, you and the other entity, whatever it is, is bringing our own energies together. So generally it's about an exchange of energy and someone is holding that space. That Tibetan bowl class was about inviting you to come in and just chill and everybody else is there to chill. And you would have picked up on that vibe too. And someone would have been holding the class, which means holding the space, giving you absolute permission to just chill. Yeah. 
just chill. Exactly. How has it helped you over the years? I mean, you strike me as someone who's, you know, quite good at keeping on top of that laundry, I imagine, you know, keeping you chill and through these... Through through these methods, do you find that this has been something that's helped you along your path, your journey? Oh, for sure. In fact, the reason I added this string to my bow, because it is just an extra thing on top of what I was doing, which I didn't need in many ways, was because it was so rewarding to introduce this type of thing to people. Because, you know, I was really lucky. That trip to Byron I mentioned was when Nick and I learned to meditate. So 11, uh, just over 11 years ago now, we learned to properly meditate. So I'd been kind of doing, you know, Shavasana and yoga for 10 years and listened to, the, you know, the odd recording as kind of all this, you know, great mental health, you know, techniques and opportunities came up to take care of ourselves. But this was the first time I'd learned a proper technique. I say proper, but, it, you know, it's a traditional ancient technique and it's called Vedic meditation. It's quite similar to transcendental meditation or mantra-based meditation. Your teacher gives you a mantra, which is, it translates as sound vehicle. So a specific sound, a word that doesn't mean anything, but the vibration of it works really well for you as an individual. So maybe to do with your age, your constitution, et cetera, where you are at in life. And so I learned this technique where I would allow the echo almost of this mantra to be where I focus my mind. And this is what the bowls can do for us. But for a lot of people, you know, even the word mantra is a Sanskrit word. It's already way out of their comfort zone. Whereas going to what looks like a yoga class, but you don't have to move, people can kind of get their heads around that now, you know, or stick some headphones in, you know, minimal commitment, listen to a downloaded sound bath. And they can be like, oh, doing it in the bath, doing it on the bus, you know, taking a quick break from their work from home situation. And I just feel like it's way more accessible. You've done those downloadable sound baths now, haven't you, on Instagram? Yes. In fact, I have to admit, I prepared for this by listening to one of them. They're so relaxing. Yay! How did that come about? Is it just because you did want to make it more accessible for people and then all of a sudden you try it and you've got a great response, I'm sure? Yeah, it's been amazing. You know, I could feel myself thinking, whoa, this is like nothing else I've ever experienced before. And I remember thinking, I had done a couple of online sound baths on a Saturday night. It's not quite the same, but I thought, let's just see if people want it. I got such wonderful messages from people who have never tried it or used to do that kind of thing regularly, help them through illness, help them through, you know, there was quite a few people who were trapped in the beginning of lockdown, out of their country alone for months, you know, in hotel rooms. And they just said it made them feel like they were connected to something. It was a sense of community. So these little lives were just lovely. And then from there, people said, well, where can I get this so I can have it on the go? I can't make this time, etc." And so I made downloadable soundbars, two minutes long, five minutes long, 10, 20, 30 for different occasions like sleep or relaxation or setting intentions. They've been super popular too. So yeah. I love that. Oh, I'm so excited. So the place I'm going to in Bali, Pyramids of Chi, they're pyramids and people are playing, I think they're playing the sound bowls on mega speakers. So I'm really excited. Wow. I cannot believe I'm not going to be in your suitcase. (laughs) No, I'll have to take you with me. You have to. I hadn't heard of it, but it sounds incredible. You know, as I said, when I first heard the name, I was like, Pyramids and Chi in the same sentence. I'm there. So, I think once you get a taste of this different way of 
experiencing life, you know, because when we grow up, it's, you know, in the West, in the modern world, it's all about something more tangible and, and owning something physical or seeing it or being able to hold it. And I think, you know, what's been so brilliant in the last 10 years is there was a whole new language and understanding of something a bit more special and beautiful about life that doesn't have to be consumerism or it's the kind of stuff that I find people in the East or Eastern wisdom is kind of part of their everyday a lot more than it is for us. This well-being, this whole wellness world has really exploded, you know, started off with fitness and food, the two things that we all know we should be doing better. And then you realize that it doesn't matter what you eat if you're stressed and angry. Yeah, stressed. Yeah. If you're stressed and angry, you definitely don't want to be flinging yourself around in a gym or up a hill because you're just creating more cortisol in the body. You know, you're going to create too much adrenaline. So there's something a little bit more subtle. And we realize that, you know, medicine is not one size fits all, nor is diet, nor is exercise. We are complex beings that you know, we owe it to ourselves to get to know ourselves better and to take care of ourselves that we could show up better in the world. Yeah. I always think it's really weird how humans can grasp the concept that like there's so many magical things that go on in the world. For example, electricity, all these amazing things, the fact that we can see, the fact that we can hear, yet if there's not a scientific proof for it, people go... No, sorry, I just I just cannot fathom that. You think, how? How can you not? We're here spinning around on this magically floating earth. I mean, it's not even about science half the time because we can find the science to support whatever a hypothesis is. It's more that whatever becomes norm and acceptable and the story within the world that you're living, you just take it. And we stop thinking outside of the box. We stop being critical thinkers. We stop being playful and curious like children. We're just like, well, that's the way it is. And so, you know, when we start to investigate different ways of eating, different ways of farming, different ways of moving, different ways of training our brain, it takes a while for that to filter through to the mainstream. They say mainstream, even medicine is 20 years behind science because we're just not able. We're so busy. We keep ourselves so busy. Big corporations keep us really busy so that we act in a certain way and do certain things. And so there's never time to explore our belief system. So with these sound baths, should I expect to be going into like a musical setting or how does that setup work? Well, every sound bath is totally different. You can have gong baths, you can have instruments there, etc. But it's not really about listening to music. Music tends to have, you know, a verse, a rhythm, something that you eventually get to know really well if you like it and listen to that kind of track again and again. Whereas the idea of a sound bath is it's much more like nature in that it's totally random. So in the same way that you can have rain when it hasn't been predicted, a snowstorm, the idea is that you stay present because of the sheer natural randomness of the sounds. So even the person playing doesn't know what they're going to do. They might have discussed it if they were going to play with someone else or for a particular purpose. So for example, if I was going to play a recording to help you sleep, I'd be channeling that internally. But it doesn't mean I've set up my a particular, you know, I might have picked certain bowls, perhaps, you know, like an F, you know, lots of F bowls, which is the heart chakra. Although I don't like to overthink these things too much because really it's about going with a flow, even for someone playing, you know, you're getting my vibes. 
as much as you're getting the vibes of the bowl. With the F sound that you just said with the heart chakra, this is one thing that I've yeah. kind of heard of before. So you have your own frequency or is it humans all have the same frequency or different people? How does that work? So sound. So everything in the universe is vibrating, right? Because everything's energy. Everything's made of energy. And so when we look at something that we think is totally inert, like a Tupperware box or something completely solid and immovable, we think like a massive rock. If you looked under a strong enough microscope, there are atoms vibrating from the energy between them. There's more space than there is matter. It's just mind blowing, isn't it? (laughs) Isn't it? Isn't it? Even as I say, I'm like, what? Really? (laughs) So as solid as my hand is here that I'm gripping, it's also completely not. If everything's vibrating, if everything's energy, therefore everything's vibrating, therefore everything is emitting a sound. You know, we can't all pick up, you know, we know that the dogs can hear, you know, sounds that humans can't, et cetera, et cetera. So in a way, humans have their own frequency, but as an individual, you have your own frequency within that frequency. Which is why we say things like, oh, I loved her vibe. My God, we got on so well. Or do you know what? The energy in that room was just not making things happen. You can feel it though, can't you? And you can't explain what it is. There is something in your gut that's like, I know. We, our senses, our sixth sense, our body, you know, everything is tuning into that. But we don't really give ourselves credit because we, apart from the fact that we use that language, which we've always used, we almost don't believe it from a logical point of view. So yeah, there is a reason we say things like gut instinct, you know, and now we're learning all about the gut and its intelligence, you know, in modern, in the well-being that we are getting to know now. And then all the vibing stuff and the liking or not liking something or someone's energy. You know, this is all stuff that has been understood by the ancients in cultures around the world for thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years, which only in the last hundred, couple hundred years, we have moved away from because we've taken this more linear approach of scientifically testing and saying that A plus B equals C and, you know, one plus one equals two. We can't say anything actually is a hard and fast rule because it isn't. (laughs) So yeah, there are frequencies being emitted all the time that we are tuning into consciously and subconsciously and unconsciously. We are affecting everything. You know, I'm affecting the heat in this room The heat in this room is affecting me. If I go and lie down and my breath changes, my dogs will come and lie down next to me and they'll fall asleep, you know, because we're drawn. Pick up on your vibe. Yeah, they pick up on my vibe and they'll either want to, you know, be with me in that vibe or they won't, you know, in the same way that if you're you're on holiday with your friend and she wants a nap on the sun lounge and you want to go out to the bar, you're going to move away from her, you know, because she's killing your vibe. (laughs) Killing my vibe. Killing your vibe. You're constantly interacting in this way that we don't really think about. I absolutely loved meeting Jasmine and hearing about her experience with sound bathing. So now I'm off to the Pyramids of Chi to experience it for myself. On the bank. I love it. So we're on our way to the Pyramids of Chi, and I've just hired a new scooter, which feels a little different to the last one. But the roads are very, very rickety. Uh, Pyramids of Chi. Ah, Monkey Forest. That way. That way. Ah, uh, thank you. Follow you. Okay. Follow this man. Whoa! It feels like I think we've got a puncture or something. 
Hi, is this somewhere that we're wrong? Our motorbike flat tire. Could I, I buy a drink and use your Wi-Fi, please? Is that okay? So we did manage to get to the Pyramids of Chi eventually. Luckily, we broke down outside a taxi driver's Warug. And honestly, you just couldn't write this stuff. Like, I ran into the Warug, asked someone if there was anyone to help us out. And it was so nice of him. He took us all the way to the Pyramids of Chi. Now, we're going to hear from Addy, who will be facilitating the sound healing experience. So I'm here at the Pyramids of Chi and it's an absolutely gorgeous setting. I'm looking out at the moment and to the left of me is this huge pyramid and then next to it is another one and it's all surrounded by beautiful trees and forests and the energy here is just really calm and soothing. You can sit up if you want, but if you want to lay down you can do so. And if you want to close your eyes, that's okay too. And just feel, just feel the vibrations of the gongs. So these sounds and vibrations will bounce off the wall and to your body. Our body is made up around 55 to 70% of water. And sounds and vibrations travel over four times in water and the, then the, in the air. So that's why you will feel uh, vibrations in your body. So you can expect to feel relaxed and in peace uh, after this session. Your brainwave may drop to uh, the theta brainwave, which is the brainwave during meditation. And it can, it can feel as if you are in the middle of, like in a bridge of asleep and awake. You may experience or feel uncomfortable emotions or thoughts. It happens because we allow ourselves to do nothing. And usually when we allow ourselves to just be here and now, the things that we have been pushing away, we've been ignoring, can emerge to our consciousness. And if that happens, I invite you to just uh, observe the emotions or the thoughts. You may want to cry. In my session, it's okay to cry. Okay, we are going to do a really short mindfulness of sound meditation. And I invite you all to just maybe to adjust your position. Maybe move your hands a bit, maybe your legs, just to make yourself feel comfortable in the bed. Uh, we are going to turn off the lights now. Let go of any thoughts about your previous activities and just be here and now. Now let's take three deep breaths together. So breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth. Allow any tensions in your forehead and the area around your eyebrows to just melt away. Once again, breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth. Allow any tensions in your neck, jaw, and upper back to just melt away. For the last time, let's inhale deeply and exhale. Allow any tensions in your stomach, hands, feet, lower back to just melt away. Now bring your awareness to the sounds around you. The 
ones that are close by, like your heart beating. The ones that are farther away, like the seeing bowls, the aircon, maybe birds outside and wind. And just allow the sounds to enter your ears. You don't need to analyze them, you don't need to judge. Just let them flow into your ears. And these sounds will be the anchor during this session. Allow the ancient sounds to help you to be present. I'm here with the two founders of the Pyramids of Chi, Peter and Lynn McIntosh. They are both the founders of the Pyramids of Chi, which are the huge two pyramids in the middle of Ubud, and they offer sound healing, light therapy, cacao ceremonies, breath and voice workshops, yoga, and more. On top of this, they are both trained gong masters, and we're going to be hearing a little bit more from Peter today because Lynn's not feeling too well. So, what is your experience? How did you come to found the Pyramids of Chi? Good question. Good question, Jade. I mean, we found ourselves here in the most remarkable situation. We never planned on coming to Bali, nothing like that. Uh, We'd retired. We were traveling around North America, had a beautiful big rig, visiting all the country, and we've been doing it for a few years. And then Lynn, unfortunately, uh, developed uh, cataracts, and we had to come back to Australia to have the operation done. And uh, after the operation, she was struggling to see. And it turned out she had that one in a thousand case that didn't quite work. 
So we uh, we thought, well, what are we going to do? And the surgeon said, well, you know, he might have to have a um, corneal transplant. So, but let's wait for a couple of months and see how it goes. Well, we didn't really want to go all the way back to America um, in case they said, yep, come and have a transplant now. So we came up to Bali. And while we're here, we, um, we stay with some beautiful friends here. And I did a meditation one day. And during that meditation, I got told, build two pyramids. <laughs> <laughs> As you do. And I'm going, really? Me? What do I know about pyramids, you know? And I saw the vision. I saw the vision of the two pyramids. So, of course, I thought, mm, how do I handle this? So I walked in, saw Lynn. It was very early in the morning. Lynn was still sort of half in bed. And I said, uh, darling, uh, darling. And you ladies know what that means when a man says that to you. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, uh-oh, you know. And I'm sort of saying, well, um, I just had a beautiful meditation. I've been told, you know, that uh, we should be building two pyramids. And she said, what? Two pyramids? And she said, did you say pyramids in Bali? And I said, yes. <laughs> and did you know at that point that you were going to turn them into sound healing things or it was just the you're nothing, pyramids? You're nothing. I just, you know, had the vision and we're both quite spiritual. And so we thought, well, hmm, what are we going to do about this? And, and Lynn's statement to me was, Peter, Peter, we don't even live in this country. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, everything's in America. We'd sold a house in Perth and everything was in America, you know. Anyway, we, um, we thought, well, let's see if it's my imagination or not. So we went for a bit of a, um, a research trip and found out it's going to cost maybe one and a half, two million dollars to build. We didn't have that sort of money. But we thought, well, if we can find the land and if the land's right, then maybe we realise it's not my imagination, we pursue it from there. We looked everywhere. And a few days before we were due to go back to Perth, we're looking at a piece on the other side of the back behind me here where those villas are just being built now. Didn't like that, didn't feel right. We wandered across here. It was just rice fields. And as I walked onto this rice field, I got the goosebumps at the back of my arm. And I turned around to my lovely wife, ready to tell her what I just got, and she said, I got the same. Wow. It has got a really special feeling about it here. I can imagine why you sort of picked up on that energy. It's very peaceful, isn't it? Well, by the time we got down to the river at the bottom end of the property, we walked down through the rice field, which is no easy feat when you've got something about a foot wide and it's deep mud on either side with rice field. Anyway, we got down there and we just knew. We just knew. We looked at each other and said, if we can get this, it's ours. Anyway, it took a bit of negotiation because the man that had it didn't want to sell it or lease it. In the end, uh, he agreed. And uh, so we went back to Australia to see if we could raise some funds to build the place. Um, and this is where it gets quite humorous because I went and saw my ex-wife's husband, Chris. Lovely guy. We're really good mates. It goes back a long time. I said, Chris, I want to build a couple of pyramids up in Bali. You're big in financial circles. How do I raise a million dollars? He just laughed. He picks up his glass of wine and said, Peter, haven't you heard about the global financial crisis? <laughs> and I said, Hmm, okay. He said, you're not going to get money through normal means. Forget it. That's not going to happen. So Lynn and I had been through a particularly interesting journey uh, a few years before that uh, where we discovered the spiritual awareness side of life. And this um, couple that took us through this journey, beautiful, beautiful people, Jackie and Jim Lindsay, and they, um, they taught us how to do a thing called automatic writing where you actually write a message with your non-dominant hand. In my case, I'm a right-handed, same as Lynn, 
but we're writing with our, our, you know, have to write with our left hand. You've got to put yourself in the white light. You've got to be in a meditative state. You've got to have your belief. We're very strong believers in God, universe, spirit, right? So we put ourselves in that place and uh, wrote the question down in a book with our right hand. God, if you want us to build pyramids, where's the money? You know? <laughs> and then we give our left hand the pen, right, and wait for the words to come through in your mind. The first word that comes in, you write down. Then the second, third, you can't anticipate any words. You can't anticipate the sentence. You've got to write the words down, right? So Lynn goes into another room. She's got a book as well. Uh, after a while, Lynn comes out and she says, you're not going to believe this. I'm being told here there are people that want to give us the money. <laughs> and I said, look at mine. And she went, oh, my God, same sort of message. So very quickly, <laughs> pen out again, how do we find them? You know, emails, <laughs> telephone numbers, <laughs> <laughs> joking, of course. So how do we find them? So a typical spirit came back with a very, very cryptic answer, and the answer was four words, don't spend much money. And I'm going, I've been in marketing all my life. How the heck do I raise a million dollars without spending money to find the investor? Anyway, that was the message. So we looked at one another and thought, okay, we go with this. And um, we put a little advertisement in the local newspaper and a uh, free website down in Australia. Um, what's it called? Gumtree. Oh, right? yeah. And we put an ad in that as well. Within three weeks virtually $750,000 in our bank account from three independent investors. They all invested $250,000 each to get a share in this business. Not one of them knew us. None of them knew each other. But the best bit, not one of them asked to see our business plan before they said, I'm in. One guy was just a, the, the classic. Um, Joe rang up one day and he said, um, I just read your ad in the paper. Can I come around and talk to you about it? I'm fascinated by it. I said, yeah, sure. Come on over, Joe. I gave him the address. He rocks up, comes in, talks, and he really wasn't asking that much about uh, Bali. He was sort of asking about Peter and Lynn. And we're chatting away. Anyway, 40 minutes later, he says, okay, I'm in. I said, Joe, we're talking about a lot of money here. You know, you told me you're an unemployed builder. I said, well, look, I'll tell you what. I think first you should talk to your wife, Vicky. Vicky? Yep, he said. Uh, and I said, okay, how about you talk to Vicky and see if she's in agreement and then let me know. A day later he rings up and said, can we come and see you? Vicky's taking the day off on Friday, whatever it was. Can we come and talk to you? So Vicky comes in. They're a lovely couple, young, beautiful-looking couple, a couple of beautiful children. So they come in. I'm expecting Vicky to grill me because I'd given – Joe, a copy of our presentation, even a copy of the business plan. And I thought she was doing accounting. Turns out she's a chemist, anyway, for a big company. So anyway, um, I said, so how did you find the material? Oh, I glanced at it. Okay. And then we <laughs> talked again for another 40 minutes. Uh, 40 minutes seems to be the trigger for some reason. She glances at Joe. Joe gives a nod. She nods. Okay. We're in. After they left, we did the happy dance you know, <laughs> and thought, isn't that amazing? They were buying from Peter and Lynn, not, from a, not in a business perspective. I love that. And that gave us a lot of heart. And then the next person and the first ones that came, first lady that came in, same thing. 
they're all buying from the heart. They weren't looking at a uh, prospectus or anything like that and saying, yeah, this looks like it makes sense. And that's how we got started and moved to Bali. And that was 2013. Love that. Yeah. So you, you said that you guys weren't that spiritual, were you, when you first got together? Did that sort no, of progress? We, we, but we both believed in God, but we weren't really strongly spiritual. But we did have a, we were introduced to a place in Perth that a friend of ours built, like a little teepee, 10 metres, so it's a fair size. And he played gongs in there. And he said, hey, Peter, I think we could franchise this because we've been very successful in franchising. And so we went and saw him and I sort of put it off, put it off because when he told me, oh, we're playing gongs inside a teepee, I thought, "Mm, (laughs) Paul, this is probably not our game. You know, we've been selling, we've been in business and selling franchises for a long time. And the moment he struck the one of these great big gongs, something resonated within me. But that was the start of learning about the spiritual side of life. Right. And that was back in 2003. We'd returned from England. We were truly blessed. You know, we learned how to do the automatic writing. We learned uh, a whole lot of things, you know. That was the strangest story because we, we were shown how to do that, like Peter says. And then we came home one night and we said, okay, if we're supposed to – franchise this new operation, how are we going to do it? And we said, well, we've just been taught automatic writing or or channeling through writing. Let's give that a go. So we sat down and you're supposed to write questions. So we wrote down, I said to Peter, what's our first question? You know, God, we're not (laughs) talking to, you know, our friends here. We're talking out of the universe or whatever. And he said, okay, first question, uh, where will our first overseas meditation center be. And so I put the pen in my left hand and put it on the paper and waited for ages until it very, very slowly wrote four letters, U-B-U-D. This oh, is, I just got shivers. This is 15 years ago. And I said to Peter, that's ridiculous. There's no such place. I've never heard of that place. Threw the book down. And he said, well, let me get the atlas out because Google wasn't. Oh, no. wow. Google hadn't come in then. He got the atlas out and he looked for Ubud and he said, it's a tiny village on the island of Bali. And I said, well, fat chance we're going to have a meditation centre there. And we completely forgot about it until we moved up here and we started building. And out of the blue, I just said one day, oh, my God, remember the writing? Look what we're doing. And here we were. You can't explain that because I'd never heard of Ubud, never heard of it. And I've been to Bali once. Ubud. Yeah. <laughs> like, a cupboard. yeah like a cupboard. <laughs> like a cupboard. Like a cupboard. Yeah, exactly. Northerners. <laughs> so that was, that was just amazing. As Lynn said, we forgot about that. And that was our first try at automatic writing. We didn't realise we had to write down the first word that came in, but obviously a word like Ubud would never come through. So she just wrote this thing that looked like a fly crawling across the paper, you know, with black pen. And so, yeah. So that's how, so that, that was another amazing pointer for what's happened here and just hasn't stopped. So with the, with the sound healing, I experienced that yesterday and it is, like you said, it, something hits you, doesn't it? Like I closed my eyes and I almost didn't feel like I was a physical body. I was like, the only way I can describe it is like a, I felt like a sound wave. And I think because the dark lights in there give you no sort of concept of space as well. What is it? What's going on there? And like, 
how how has it made you guys feel when when you've done all the sound healing stuff? Sound healing's been around long before any other form of healing. Remember, we used to watch the movies with the old witch doctor rattling over the body of the child or whatever. Sound healing's been around forever. You know, the pharaohs practiced it. Indigenous people have practiced it. And it all works on the fact that we have these seven key chakra centers in our body, the energy centers. Now, what happens when you play instruments of any kind and create frequencies and vibrations, these frequencies work up through your chakras. And the Chinese draw the chakras as spinning wheels, right? Mm. One going this way, next one going that way, and so on. And what happens if there's something wrong with you, that spinning wheel starts getting off kilt a bit, you know, it's, it's not working right. And that's why a lot of Chinese healers can tell very quickly just by looking at you, you know, whether there's something wrong. You know, they can tell you, uh, yeah, one of your chakras is out of balance. The sounds working up through your chakras, those frequencies, those vibrations, actually go to work on your chakras and imagine a CD spinning, right, and it's got a bit of a wobble. And by the time it's gone across the CD, the, the vibration has actually flattened it out and it's, it's working perfectly. And so what we see a lot of here is people coming out of here, out of the pyramids, they've experienced the sound healing and it can come in many forms, physical, mental, emotional is a big one. A number of times we have people coming out of there and they're actively crying, yeah. weeping, uh, some of them very, very profoundly you know, affected by it. Others coming out sort of holding their arms because they've had some sort of effect on that. And there's seven key chakras, but there's 70-odd chakras in your body completely. And so these vibrations go to work. We've heard of ultrasound. That's just one of the phases that the medical profession is using sound. And it's going more and more and more every year. But the good news is this was out long before pharmaceuticals, long before anything else, and it works. And so... You know, we don't really understand it 100% because it's quite complex. People will get into all sorts of explanations about it. We don't even go there. All we say is we know it works because we've seen the evidence of people happening. I mean, when, when I did the experience yesterday, it was like, I actually got a flat tire on the way here oh, and the yeah. and, and it broke down. So I was like, oh no, we've got like 10 minutes to get there. What are we going to do? So I was like quite stressed when I arrived. Sure. Luckily, we actually broke down outside a taxi rank and he gave us a lift. It was all very, oh. very meant to be. And it was, yeah, it was great. And then I got in there anyway. By the end of it, I felt like a completely different person. I was like just operating on a different frequency. That's how I was explain it but it doesn't it's really hard to articulate isn't it how it actually makes you feel but I can imagine if you know rather than turning to like pharmaceutical drugs to make you relieved from stress there is this yeah covering it there is this natural way that we have at our fingertips that for some reason we don't seem to use very often. Everybody's different and all we say is just relax and receive Let yourself just open up to whatever comes through, whatever the sounds help you release or create inside you because people have come out with amazing intuitive ideas or where they're going to go with their life or whatever after going in and having a sound healing. They just feel like, 
wow, now I can I can do this, you know. Move forward sort mm. of feeling, yeah. And the releasing is is amazing too because we don't want blockages in our body. The science is is a, a different element of it. But but the truth of opening your heart, opening your whole body to let this energy in and help you recover whatever you need to in your life and just give you that that new path forward is why we are so so amazingly connected and excited about it all. I mean, we've been doing this for seven years now with the building and everything, but every day we come here and we're just filled with a, a, a total energy because we know it's so good here and we're so excited about what we can give to other people. You can definitely feel that from you guys. There is still the passion there and the love for this place. The fact that, you know, we've got hundreds of stories and we're writing our book at the moment on what's happened here. I can reduce anybody to tears within three minutes telling some of the stories because they're so deeply, profoundly emotional. Have you got any of them that you could share with us? Okay, probably the one that, that blew me out of the water more than anything was a, um, a German guy here with his wife. Uh, I was doing the introduction, just like you heard a while ago, but Hans was sitting there and he was definitely negative. The body language was all against us, arms folded, looking through his eyebrows, shaking his head. He didn't want to be there. He was there because she made him, you know? He's on one side of the pyramid, she's on the other side. So there's obviously a little bit of angst going on there. Anyway, I kept an eye on him. Nothing happened. I was actually talking to one of the people that had been in and I looked down between the pyramids. You can see down there the grassed area and he's pacing up and down on this grassed area. He's holding his head. He's shaking his head. He's, he's looking up into the sky. He's like, what the heck's going on, you know? And I thought, uh-oh. He was kind of angry when he went down there. Um, the next thing you know, I see him charging up here across the, uh, the, the, uh, the pathway there and across the cafe towards me. So I'm thinking, free lunch, you know, money back, you know. You're a, he's six foot four. He's a big guy and he's built like a brick outhouse, you know. And he comes up to me and as he's getting closer, I can see he's crying. Oh. Tears pouring down his cheeks. He comes up. And he embraces me with a hug. Now, I don't know if you know German people, but they're not really huggy people. (laughs) They're not a huggy race, you know. And he's giving me a hug. And then he holds me at arm's length. His hands are shaking like this. And he's shaking my body, you know, and I can see he's crying. And in my worst German accent, which is pretty terrible, Peter, Peter, I did not believe, I did not want to go. I'm thinking, I knew that. (laughs) But I couldn't say anything because he's very emotional. So now, now I believe is good, very good. I said, well, how about telling me what happened? She said, go down to your pyramid. All Germans call it pyramids. Pyramid, love it. I lay down on your mattress, very comfortable. Well, two meters long, he can fit on it. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I listen to you play gong. He said, and then somebody come live beside me. He said, I am looking. My 28-year-old son who had been killed in a car accident Three months beforehand. So by this time, I'm getting emotional. And I'm looking at him and he says, yeah, yeah. Then my son puts his arms around me. He says, Papa, Papa, do not be angry. It's okay. You know, so we had another hug. We're both sort of crying. And his wife comes from behind me 
And she gives me a hug, another German hug. You know? <laughs> but then she embraces him. Remember, they hadn't been talking much. And she looks back at me and she says, maybe the two of us come together now. Now, that was a real eye-opener for me because all I did was play the, the gongs in a pyramid. And here's this man having this vision, experiencing such an amazing event in his life. We found out later a drunk driver had killed his son as he was coming over to visit them. So they're both holding a whole lot of anger, angst, guilt, whatever it was. But, you know, all of a sudden they're holding hands. So when things like that happen, we just know we're on the right path. Mm. It's amazing. And I can believe every part of that with my body from Mm. experiencing it. I can imagine it does release those traumas or let you access some part of your brain that's not Mm. being allowed to visit because it is so painful. Well, a lot of people hang on to grief, right? And we hear this constantly here. People coming here, could be a divorce, could be a loss of a loved one, could be lost their jobs, could be an accident, could be anything, and they're hanging on to that grief. And and it's crazy because it's not going to serve anybody. You've got to let it go. And what we do know is by going into that pyramid, stress goes, relief happens. They release those stress symptoms that they're holding on to. And I can tell you dozens and dozens of stories of people that have come up here and shared them with us about different things like that, particularly the release of stress. I don't ever tell anybody that story, you know, seeing somebody before they go into the pyramids because I don't want people to come here. And please, if any of you are listening, don't come here with an expectation you're going to see grandma or your your daughter or something like that. If it's meant to be, if it's meant to happen, it will. So I don't do that as an introduction, neither do any of our staff, because we have a favourite saying here, expect the unexpected. It's not original. Someone said it long before I did. But heck, it sure as, sure as heck does work, you know, because so many people come out of there and we've had the most amazing sceptics that have come up to us and said, I don't know what you've got there, but whatever it is, you should learn to bottle it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there you go. Franchise that if you find it. <laughs> I actually have a plot of land in Wales that would be perfect for something like this. Talk to me later. I'll give you my business cards. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. That was amazing. And um, I just have one last question that I ask all my guests no that problem. come on here. What are three things that make you feel good? It's going to sound very corny, Jade. Very, very corny. Love a bit of corn. It's waking up in the morning and seeing my beautiful wife in bed beside me. Oh, she is very beautiful, so I do understand that. <laughs> and, and, you know, there's not too many ladies that can come up looking good before they've got into the bathroom. <laughs> but this one does. A lot of happiness for me comes with seeing the smiles on people's faces when they're here and knowing that they've enjoyed the experience, whether it's walking through the grounds, just sitting here relaxing or having a session, whatever. But just seeing the smiles on their faces and knowing they feel an inner glow that maybe wasn't there before, that gives me a a great feeling of happiness. It's knowing that we've been given this gift to create what we have here, our whole life has been geared towards this project. Many things we've done here, we've thought, wow, when we had that franchise business, when we had that satellite communication business, when we were raising children, when we were doing blah, 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 whatever, it's all helped us in this project. This is a gift from God. 
You know, it's divine intervention. That's how it's happened all the way through, from raising money to finding the land to all sorts of things. So one of the greatest blessings we're going to have is knowing that we've got something that was started here and is bringing healing to many other people around the planet. Thinking back on what the Pyramids of Chi were actually like, I feel like I'm so lucky to have actually experienced a place like that. Don't get me wrong, the sound healing was definitely one of the things that was absolutely incredible and it was amazing how it got me from such a stressed level when the uh, bike broke down. It was more, I think it was more the energy and the passion behind Peter and Lynn. Just the fact that they'd sort of had this vision of what they wanted to do and they went out there and they got it and they saw it and they and they followed it through. And I think there's something about that that's really inspiring and really just makes me want to go out there and, and grab life and opportunities with both hands. In terms of the sound healing, I I have to admit I was quite... It's quite weird sort of reflecting on all of the experiences that I've done since I've been in Bali because they all have such different effects on the body. I would say the sound healing wasn't like a a really hard hitting uh, feeling like it potentially was in 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 the ice work, but it was really nice and nourishing and really calming. And I can just imagine like if I had a busy day at work, back in the UK and I'm feeling stressed out usually a lot of the time I'd reach for a glass of wine and then that's how I would unwind whereas if there was something like the pyramids of chi or sound healing available at my fingertips then that would be a much healthier and productive way to unwind we arrived at our hotel at the other side of Ubud today and I walked out along the patio and it looked over all the jungle of Ubud and you can hear the Ayung River going and I I just had this wave of happiness. Like, I think the only thing you can ever get that from is nature. That feeling you get when you watch a sunset and, and no two are ever the same. And I just stood there and I thought, what is this? Like, why am I getting this wave of happiness? Why do I feel warm and complete and and you know lovely inside I, I don't get that a lot back home in the hustle and bustle of things and I think it comes back to nature it's just such a weird time where we're living in the fact that we're so disconnected from nature and that's essentially what it seems to be that most of these experiences are it's not you know it's not rocket science that music and and sounds make us feel better and and feel calmer I mean that's why they're there and it feels like there's some sort of disconnect and everyone's had such a a weird few years with corona and I know it's in some ways been a blessing in disguise for many things it's made many of us slow down but it has you know it has affected lots of people in really tragic ways and I just wonder if it is the world's way of saying we need to slow down we need to stop living at the pace that we were it just didn't work. It, it wasn't functional and we are ruining the earth. Maybe this is the world's way of saying, look, take a look, take a look at what's happening and sort of get back to nature. And um, the amazing thing about the Pyramids of Chi and Peter and Lynn was after it, we went and sat around and they invited us for a coffee. And I think we were there for like an hour or two at the end, just 
talking and hugging at the end, hugging goodbye. And I think that's the thing. We've really lost that connectedness in the past couple of years. And I just feel extremely grateful from the bottom of my heart that I've had the opportunity to come out here. And maybe that's the answer. Maybe that is the answer to finding feel good, that community bringing us all back together and getting us back to being part of a community again, where we do things that make us feel good. We talk to each other like we do in women's circles. We learn to breathe properly. We we listen to music and sounds and we we challenge other people's perceptions or we discuss our views and ideas or we do go into extreme weather potentially where actually our body is tested again. It's not used to being in an air-conditioned room or a heated room. I think so far getting to sound healing, I'm starting to piece the puzzle together a bit more and realize that actually maybe some of these things are just telling us to get back to our nature. Thank you so much, Jasmine, Peter and Lynn at the Pyramids of Cheats for being a part of this episode of Finding Feel Good. If you want to find out more about Jasmine, everything is on her website at jasminehemsley.com or follow her on her Instagram. And if you want to find out more about the Pyramids of Chi, go to pyramidsofchi.com. We'll put those links in the show notes too. And we'll be back next time with even more adventures into finding feel good. I'll be trying out a sex coaching class with my boyfriend, a tantra experience with a group, and talking to Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith's therapist, Michaela Bowen. Your know is more important, healthier than anybody else's yes or pushing you because you can still learn the things but then develop them over time in a sustainable way without your nervous system getting fried. Ian? Yeah? I know this might sound weird but I'm just doing an interview at the moment with two sex coaches in Bali and they've offered if I want to do it with you. Right. Would you, would you do it? Anything for you, Jade. <laughs> right. I'm off to Udara to try out the spa pools there where we're actually doing the ecstatic dance in a few weeks' time. They have all these amazing different pools with different temperatures of water, which are apparently meant to be really healing for your body, and saunas and spas and stuff like that. It looks a little bit wacky, but I'm intrigued to try it out. I'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>